Alrighty. Let's see. We have coffee. We have water. Coffee, water. We have a room full of books. Room full of books. We have microphones and, of course, the obligatory... Positive mental attitude. Right. Welcome to Deuter Cannons, episode 25. I'm Byron, and with me, as always, is Justin. Party on, Justin. Party on, Byron. And again, that's episode 25. Uh, again, the interwebs problems continue. Uh, I got people coming out to look at satellites and antennas and whatnot. And we'll see if we can get it fixed. But at the end of the day, we can always do audio. Will they follow the science? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. They will charge me $100 if it's the problem is us, That though. That sounds like the science. I they're, was, they're, they're following it. That's what I was told. Yeah. So I said, whatever, come out. I don't care. Uh, anywho, I'm not even going to make any promises about Facebook anymore because uh, I did manage to get church service uploaded this week, but I'd use the hotspot on my phone to do it. That's how oh. not good the internet is I here hope, right I now. I hope you have unlimited. We do. Okay. That's kind of out of necessity right now. <coughs> so that being said, if you are listening to us on one of the normal podcast apps, please subscribe, rate, and comment. Give us five stars. And if it's not going to be five stars, don't bother. <laughs> and this will help us broaden our reach. Please share this podcast with friends. I mean, I would accept four stars if there was like a really nice comment that went with it. Okay. I'll go with that. Okay. I was just trying to be cool in front of my friends. Mission accomplished. Okay. So moving on. Tonight we are going to not talk about freedom and the flesh that is the topic but guess what we're going to start off with a question i'm trying to keep it fun and light does that sound good fun and light fun and light justin yes sir what is your favorite soda and or sugary drink those are definitely two different things okay soda okay soda you know, I'm going to have to go with the classic AL8 long neck, which you can only get within a particular radius of Winchester, Kentucky, where they are made. Winchester, Tinville, <laughs> Kentucky, Win- Winchester, Kentucky. Yeah. I, 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 thanks, Mr. Deeds. Okay. <laughs> By the way, the, the original Mr. Deeds Goes to Towns, which was a uh, Frank Capra film from the 1930s starring, uh, let's see, I don't know, Gary Cooper or somebody like that. Way better than the Adam Sandler remake. I wrote a paper about it in college. Well, look at the big brain on Justin. So ale eight, you say ale eight, yeah, ale eight. It's a ginger ale for those of you keeping score at home, and uh, it can be found in short neck bottles all over the state of Kentucky, probably Indiana and Tennessee. Also, it's also distributed at Cracker Barrel, but I definitely recommend the long neck. You have to like pay a deposit Mm -hmm. on the long neck bottles and then return them to get the deposit back. Okay, unplanned follow up question: What is your history with this particular beverage? Well, that's where I was born. I mean, I was born in Winchester. So I was not born in th- at the A8 plant, but I feel like it's it's part of my mm. kind of part of my makeup. It's part of my identity. Okay. Yeah. Do you uh I mean how how often do you drink this beverage? I mean n- not not often. I could have it from, you know, Dollar General around here or Walmart whenever I please, but it's, you know, one of those special occasion things. Uh we had it at my wedding. Mm. Bit of um, a bit of a delicacy, I guess. It's a delicacy. Mm. Yeah. You know, family gatherings, Christmas. One Christmas my brother Mike drove all the way to Winchester, which was a two-hour drive one way, just to get long necks for our family Christmas party. Yeah. 
So, so the long neck is significant. The long neck, the long neck shows you care. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure, like I've seen it at Walmart, but yeah. I don't think in long neck. No, form. no, no, no. You, no. You, you can't get it there. So I'm not getting the real article there. I mean, it's it's good. There's there's sort of a, a hierarchy, if you will, when it comes to L8. Top tier, of course, is the long neck bottle. Next is the short neck bottle, and coming in last place, we have a tie between the can and the plastic bottle, hmm. and you just shouldn't bother. Plastic bottle? Yeah, you can get it in a plastic that's bottle, bla- but I, that's blasphemous. It's absolutely like. blasphemous. Hmm. It's so, heterodox. So the long neck bottle, it's not even, it's not so much that it's a beverage, it's an experience at that point. It's a it's a full col- you know caloric and historical and cultural experience. Calorical. Yeah. <laughs> You have to add that in there. Okay, so uh, same question for me. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna can, give. Can, can I ask it to you? Oh sure. Byron, what's your favorite soda and/or sh- sugary beverage? Okay, if it's just sugary beverage, um, right now I'm. I am kind of. I've always been on it. Well, not always. I'm an energy drink drinker. Oh man. Yeah. So. This one, is, one of those guys. I bet you're in like special forces or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the nature of military life. Like you go places and there's a lot of. Uh, what what am, what am I trying to say here? People, we we tend to rely on, on them at times. I, I like to say, uh, there's one in particular, this might disclose some of the places I've been. There's one called Just Power over there. Just Power. Yeah. Uh, I say it won the war as far as I'm concerned. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to get my combat cameraman to uh, take pictures of me, like drinking it and then doing a thumbs up because I wanted to make a commercial. <laughs> but he, he never bought it on that. Anyways, but... I would say the soda that I would say is my favorite and I have like history with is Dr. Pepper. That's fair. Now, uh, growing up, we spent some time in Texas. This is like the state beverage in Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dr. Pepper is, uh, the Dr. Pepper Pepper museum. And, uh, I guess origins are in Waco, Texas. And so we've been to the museum. Um, is that what happened with the, the Waco David, the David Crush thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was trying to steal the recipe. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, no, no. Like the federal government wanted to monetize it. So they had to like go in and, but like David Crush was guarding the secret of the recipe. He's like, nah. And so then Janet Reno came in, you know, guns a blaring and was like, no, it's mine. Yeah. And like brought the place down on their heads to get the recipe. That sounds rather conspiratorial, but I think you're onto something. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so Dr. Pepper, there's a museum. Been to it. Uh, we have the cookbook in my house. You can do some cooking with Dr. Pepper. In fact, my dad makes a really good brown gravy that he, where he reduces Dr. Pepper in it. Okay. Um, in Effingham, Illinois, there's a coffee shop that features what they call a Scooby snack, which is Dr. Pepper with a chocolate chip cookie, homemade chocolate chip cookie blended up in it. Hmm. It sounds so weird. Oftentimes those are things are very good though. It was oddly good. Like one time I had a hamburger, but instead of buns, it was two Krispy Kreme donuts. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's something in the book of Deuteronomy against that. <laughs> this, that, that, or, that, you know, like Leviticus, you know, you violated. That some ties laws. right into appealing to the flesh. What we were about to talk to you. Uh, so anyways, Dr. Pepper and I, and so my friends and I, we drank it like religiously in high school. And, um, one other interesting thing that my, my family did as, uh, I guess maybe Texans by association. I don't think we can claim to be Texans. We only lived there for about six years, but for a while. In fact, my dad recently sent pictures of these uh, because they had burst in the cold, but we were collecting all the uh, off-brand Dr. Peppers. So like 
Dr. Oh, Thunder man, and yeah. Dr. K and Dr. Yeah. yeah. So we had a whole display of those in the basement of all the, the <laughs> you know, uh, knock off Dr. Pepper. So that was my favorite soda. Okay. So talked about soda. We're talking about soda for a reason. Do you recall the Bloomberg soda ban of, I think it was like 2012 in New York City? I, I recall. Okay. What do you know about that? Well, I know that in the city of New York, they they had fixed so many of the problems in the city. I think all of them. I think they fixed every problem in the city. And they were they were like, man, like, you know, we solved poverty and hunger and violence. It's and really just tying up loose like, ends at this like point. Like ch child abuse. And on our crusade to create the, I mean, utopia in midtown Manhattan and, you know, the, all the boroughs and all that. Like, what, like, what's next? Like, what, is there any aspect of per perfection that we lack? And they're like, yeah, high fructose corn syrup. And so Bloomberg was like, you know, that's a really good point. Yeah. And he's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to ban it. Right. And I think they did. There, it was really well received too, he said sarcastically. <laughs> so is is that why he was such a popular candidate for I, president? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a New York Times article from 2012. New York plans to ban sale of big sizes of sugary drinks. And so kind of just scanning through here, it, you know, it wasn't everything. It was, uh, let's see, any bottle or sweetened drink larger than 16 fluid ounces. Um, and then they had to have it, but they had to have a certain calorie count for it to be, uh, to be banned, you know? Okay. Like, and so it's like, you kind of see what they're going after. They're going after like the buckets of soda you can get at like McDonald's or, or like a big slurp, big gulps. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda almost an American. I'd say like the, 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 <laughs> the root 44, right. Well, my favorite, the root 66. Exactly. <clears throat> yep. 66 ounces, right? Is that what the 66 is? Oh yeah. 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 And so his, but his, uh, his justification is that we, you know, we have an obesity epidemic epidemic and, and this was his, his contribution to taking care of it. And so, um, and he, he definitely took care of it. Oh yeah. And so there's a lot of pushback on this. And so in 2013, here's another New York times article, the New York city soda ban explained this was shortly after it was struck down. So New York city, Mike mayor, Michael Bloomberg's ban on soft drinks was just struck down by a Manhattan judge. How did we get here? And so basically what the people of New York or the, the basically said is if we give the health department this kind of power, like it's going to get out of hand, hmm. you know? And so uh, this was not a popular thing. <laughs> yeah. What? I, <laughs> um, so that they were saying back in like 2012, 2013, that maybe we should, be careful about the amount of power mm -hmm. that we give to health departments apparently because it might get out of hand. Yes, they did say that. Hmm. It, it's funny too, that he was concerned with obesity. I guess he hadn't heard about beautiful at all sizes. You know, I guess that wasn't a thing yet. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, my body, my choice. Anywho, it's interesting because I think we can all see, you know, like I enjoy an occasional sugary drink. But I can also see the argument for not drinking it by the bucket, right? Um, and we'll, we'll get into all that, right? So here, here's where this is coming from. I heard this said twice now. Once was on Parks and Recreation by Ron Swanson. <laughs> you know, when you were talking about the, like the, the big gulp, I actually had a picture of 
Ron Swanson in my head c- mm-hmm. coming from w- whatever that that restaurant is. Right. They that, got, that, that he loves that fast food restaurant. Right. Like, with the huge burgers and like the bucket of soda. Yeah. Ponch burger, I think is what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, ponch burger. So the quote I'm about to say, I've heard it twice. Once was on Parks and Rec by Ron Swanson. So satirically. Yeah. And then the other was seriously by a teen in class on a Sunday. And it's that the great thing about our country is you can drink 66 ounces of, fl- of soda and nobody can tell you not to. That's freedom. I, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I think that the, having the freedom to do so is a positive thing, but actually doing it maybe is right. And that's suspect. What and that's what we're going to get into. So here's where like, we're going with this. Cause I'm actually still under, you know, it sounds like a good topic for this would be freedom and the flesh, something along those lines. That's right, right, right. We're actually still under intro on my notes here, so. Okay. So, I got that comment in class, right? <clears throat> and so, man, like I, for those keeping score at home, as you say. Well played. I have te- been teaching the teen class downstairs for, I was been like a year, maybe? Year right, and that, that's a, g- a good contextual point, by the way. Our teen class is located downstairs, so any reference to downstairs or in the basement typically refers to a Sunday school class being taught to Sunday schoolers. Correct. And man, like we have some really good discussions down there, but also teenagers say things. They would say, they say, they say dumb things. I, speak. I mean, th- th- there was a whole show about that. You know, kids say the darndest things. I mean, yep. you know, it, it happens. So I, I say this as a parent of a teenager and over the course of last year, I've, I've, so I've had quotes like that about sugary drinks. I've had similar similar people say similar things, and I'm sure you've heard this before. Again, the beautiful thing about this country is we have freedom of speech, so I can say whatever I want, right? Um, I've also had teenagers seriously try to justify video games as productive use of their time. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, and, and it improves my hand-eye coordination. Right, and then they've also told me that math is stupid. So, you know, we have an interesting dichotomy down there, but I feel like, again, having heard these things, like, they, they kind of need to be addressed because as much as freedom is good and I support freedom, I think there's an element of this that uh, what, what, what we need to discuss, which is this, this element of the flesh and how this can... This can this freedom. It's like we said about homeschooling, right? The great thing about homeschooling is the freedom. The bad yeah. thing about homeschooling is the freedom, and so that's what I want to talk about tonight. So it's kind of the double-edged sword. Of that's a good way freedom. of putting it. Yeah, the, yeah, double-edged, the double-edged sword, sword of freedom. Right. So here we go. We're going to start in First Corinthians ten. We're going to be reading ten twenty-three through eleven one. Sorry, I'm already there. I should have given you a heads up. Well, I'm there now too. Good, good, good on you. There you go. All right. So first passage is going to be 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 11, 1. 23. So, so you want me to read 11, 1? Correct. Okay. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are edify. But not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Eat whatever sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. If any of those of you who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you, 
and for conscience's sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I the evil person? I'm sorry, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. Okay. So, like, what? here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to talk about, I mean, I, I know, I think you've preached a sermon on this. I'm not going to get into the significance of meat sacrificed to idols and and. and all that stuff. I mean, I think that is all yeah. good, but it's been addressed before, and or you can just find it elsewhere. It's, it's really just an example here. You it know, is that, that he's, yeah. There's a there's a, a principle that applies, you know, more broadly than just to that particular issue. Well, can we say then? Would we agree that the principle is kind of like, if there's something that is permissible, but another person that you love or might be in communion with takes offense to that thing, maybe don't do that thing. Is that is that yeah? The principle? Well, I mean, or you certainly don't like flaunt it or mm-hmm. or like engage in it um like in in full view of that person you know like like i'll show you like i'll show you how much freedom i have in christ right you know like like that's that's the sort of thing i mean you know because like say um say we had you know a i don't know somebody in our congregation who was offended by women wearing pants mm-hmm. well i mean it might be a good idea you know for like my my wife, if she were asking me what I thought to say, well, you know, maybe when we go to church, you know, wear a skirt mm-hmm. or or a dress so that we're not of offense. But it's not reasonable to say that like when we're at home or when she's like going to the store, she couldn't wear a pair of jeans. Right. You know, I think that that's 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 kind of I don't know how. Like I don't think that this is an excuse for like the tyranny of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think it do, it does say a lot about, I think like how how we relate to one another. Yeah. And any time that like somebody tries to use freedom as an excuse for being intentionally offensive to a, a brother and brother or sister in Christ, like that's that's the red flag, I'd say. Okay. So what about this then, right? Where, what about things that even when you do them in private, right? So so wearing a skirt in private, or wearing pants or a skirt in private uh, is not harmful to you, right? Right. And so let's go back to our sugary drink uh, example. Okay. Um, maybe in public you don't drink sugary drinks because you know it bothers somebody. But in private you're drinking gallons of Mountain Dew. Like, does this change something? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it is it is fundamentally unhealthy. Right. So... I mean, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to make much excuse for um, any kind of behavior that harms our bodies because we're told that it's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're supposed to take care of our of our bodies. You know, reasonably. Um, some people probably go overboard yeah. on that as well. Oh, I agree. I think you can you can make your body an idol in that yeah. regard for sure. Yeah, and I but I, I think it all it goes back to the, you know, all things are permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Like things like 
we're supposed to think about what's beneficial. And it doesn't come through in this translation that I have, but in some translations, um, the everything is permissible is in quotation marks. Yeah, mine. it's like that in mine. Okay, I, I think that that's probably right. So I don't know if he was directly asked that like in those words or, or if, you know, if the Corinthians had said that to him or he heard that they were saying that or if he was simply saying something that was common mm-hmm. at the time. Yep. But but e- either way, so I don't think he's really saying that everything is permissible. Right. I think he's he's critiquing that belief. I, I picture him going like almost like, I don't know if you saw the old Chris Farley bit where he do the air quotes. He's like, yeah, I have the right to do anything. Right. So yeah. Maybe, maybe that's sarcastically. It, it's definitely air quotes there because right. he, he so he's saying that that <clears throat> that that mentality that everything is permissible is that, that that's not the way that we we need to think about things. It's right. like, well, you know, what's what's good or, or what's best. Like that's the, the whole thing that's underpinning right. uh, Romans 12, one and two that we we quote so frequently because the end oh, of that man, is we're going there too. Okay. So, yeah. so should I not say it? Maybe hold it. Maybe. Okay. I'll okay. hold it. But, so, it, but it's permissible that I go ahead and say it. It is. But if I flaunt my freedom and say, well, I'm just going to say it anyway because I know it and I want to show you that I know it. Well, but I mean, again, like, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's move away from sugary drinks, right? Like okay. everything's permissible. Like, like I have freedom of speech so I can say whatever I want air quotes. Right. Right. And it's like, okay, well, like, and I think you and I both understand, like, yes, it is, it's nice that in this country you can say whatever you want. So the Westboro Baptist Church can say whatever they want, and Black Lives Matter can say whatever they want, or at least that's how it should be. But we also agree that they probably, at least if they claim to be Christians, shouldn't be saying some of the things that they say. Right. From from that, like so so, although they have the right, like maybe they shouldn't say those things, right? Well, sure. So it's permissible, but is is it constructive? Right. Is it beneficial? There are definitely things that shouldn't be said for all sorts of reasons. Right. And and again, I feel like reasonable people understand that, and yet here we are talking about it because because <laughs> this is literally what's going on, right? Well, because you, know, you hear you hear people all, all the time say, well, you know, like talk like, like think of like the Colin Kaepernick thing, where it's like. You know, people are trying to suppress his right to free speech, and he wants to. It's like, no, 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 no. Nobody's trying to suppress his right. He has a right to that protest. Yeah. It's just that other people also have the right to say your protest is unfounded. That's not suppressing your freedom of speech, right? right? right. So here's here's the other thing I want to ask you. Then follow me on this, though, right? So I think like we read that first part, like that's pretty self-evident. Things might be you might have the right to do something, but it's not beneficial. It's not constructive. Mm-hmm. What about this part here, verse 31, for the glory of God? I got a note here. The all-inclusive principle that governs the discussion in chapters 8 through 10 is that God should be glorified in everything the Christian does. Yeah. So, I mean, again, almost like a straw man. Is drinking 66 ounces of Mountain Dew, can you do that for the glory of God? Yeah, that that would be that would be something. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> like I can, I can sort of envision, you know, like a, a group of rascally teenagers uh, saying that, you know, I don't know, trying to do some sort of uh, like pledge drive, like for every dollar that you will, that you give <laughs> to uh, World Vision, I will drink an ounce of Mountain Dew Baja Blast for God's glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Code Red Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man, this is a tangent. We don't need to go on, but I was watching. I was over at. Uh, we were over at Ginger and Harper's the other day. Yeah, and they had ESPN on, and like I sat there the whole time going, like, "Is this real?" Because it was a whole program on uh, competitive eating. Oh yeah, the uh, the hot dog record was recently broken. I guess so. Like Sunday or I, Saturday or something. I, I guess so. Yes, yeah, so somebody like smoked Kobayashi finally. I guess yeah, right. And so, anyway, <laughs> constructive. They said it would never be done. Constructive question mark. <laughs> so okay, so for the glory of God, and, and I wrote a note here: the glory of God equals the beauty of his, of His Spirit and His perfection. So well, you know we can we can uh, kind of put a mark on that for a second. I want to go on the next thing. So oh, can, can can I add something to the sixty six ounces of soda real Certain, quick certainly okay thanks um it's gluttony i would agree so anything that's gluttonous in nature like we already know that it's not for god's glory because he says don't do that right so it's kind of easy so i mean whether it's like an eating competition which mm. i mean i guess we we're not going to go into the like the the spiritual symbolism of that yeah, cultural symbolism of that, um, but yeah. So any anything that's gluttonous in nature is, you know, very clearly not what God wants. I agree. All right, so so we just read thirty one for the glory of God. Ver- thirty two. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jew, Greek, or the Church of God. Hmm. Even as I try to please everyone, everywhere, I'm not seeking. Okay, so I just want to see if if you notice something here. So we have for the glory of God, and then we also have so that we don't cause anyone else to stumble. Okay. Do those two things remind you of anything? For the glory of God. So the glory of God. Glory of God. And then for somebody else, we might say our neighbor. Oh, 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 yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Hey, good point. Right? So it's almost as if the greatest commands just kind of underpin everything, right? They underpin everything. It's almost like those are like the greatest commandments, right? Yeah. So, and I get, I get part of this actually from, um, it's either Romans or, or Galatians, which we're going to in a second. Uh, cause they talk about the love your neighbor. Paul talks about the love your neighbor thing, but, but it occurred to me while reading this, like it's again, it's these two commands of highest priority, right? So when we do something to include, (laughs) I guess drinking Mountain Dew, like we should be drinking it. We should be loving the Lord and we should be loving our neighbor in, in these, I guess, just day to day, uh, fleshly things. For those of you keeping score at home, this large, uh, black hydro flask, I, I guess I have to describe it just in case somebody's listening instead of watching. It is full of ice water, not code red Mountain Dew. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Mine is full of water also. Yeah. All right. So maybe right. maybe there's something to be said for consuming more of things that God made than things that people have made. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Okay. I guess the last thing I wanted to point out from this passage is um so he, so Paul Paul finishes off by saying even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And so this kind of harkens back to last time I talked two weeks ago. We talked about leadership, mm-hmm. leading by example, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so 
again, if you want to see certain behaviors uh, in your organization, in your church, in your community, in your family, one of the best ways to see that is or, or see that come to fruition is to model those behaviors. Yeah. Right. So key te- key takeaways here from this first verse is, like we said, freedom is a double-edged sword. Just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean your abuse of it is constructive or beneficial. And ultimately, again, like first principles, do things for the glory of God, right? Love the Lord, Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And don't cause your neighbor to stumble, right? So love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. You got any other thoughts on that? No, I mean, like that that connection, like I, ha- I hadn't thought about that. And I think that that's, yeah. that's really obvious. And I, I just hadn't seen it before. So thank you. Okay, so let's go over to Romans 8. And we're going to talk a little bit about, we didn't hear much mention of it in this passage, but the other part of our, um, other part of our title, the flesh. Okay. Um, so I will read Romans eight, one through eight. Okay. And then I got a question. All right. So therefore there's now no, oops, let me set this down and bring this up to where I can see it. Therefore. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of flesh cannot please God. And it continues, but we're not going to read all of it. It's, it's it's all good stuff though, and so I want to talk about this idea of spirit versus flesh and how it kind okay. of pertains to this conversation. But I guess I hadn't thought about this, and, and as a matter of fact, we were having a conversation on the dinner table about some of these similar topics. And I I, I had asked my daughter this, asked Maddie this, because um, I, I guess I've always just kind of assumed people understand this metaphor. So what is flesh when we're talking about the in the Bible? Okay, yeah, that's that's a good question. There's a there's a, a book by C.S. Lewis called The Abolition of Man. Is there? Is that a book he read, wrote? He read it, yeah. He read it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he read he that book good. <laughs> uh, yeah, The Abolition of Man. It's just a, a series of three essays that are, um, you know, in, inter- interconnected that kind of follows a, a logical progression. For those of you <clears throat> playing at home, things just, just in references in order. Genesis... The Abolition of Man, Wendell Berry, still working on the list. That's where I got so far. Oh, man. <laughs> man, you, you just typecast me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's all good stuff. No. It's, it's, all, it's all good stuff. <laughs> um, man. So anyway, in The Abolition of Man, the first, <clears throat> the first of those three essays is called Men Without Chests. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what he talks about there is the classical conception of a person as being, I mean, you know, if we think heart, soul, 
and mind or, or you know body soul spirit like that sort of thing um it's pretty normal to conceive of a person as being like a combination of kind of three elements or aspects mm-hmm. or something that are formed into a, a unity um so men without chests so what's the deal with the chest so it, in that in that essay he's talking about the head and the belly and the chest so the head meaning like this the seat of the the intellect mm-hmm. um the belly being the the center of of desire mm-hmm. we would call that the heart right like traditionally speaking or classically speaking uh people didn't talk about following your heart so much it's like the belly so that's why paul has that expression uh something 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 whose god is their belly right yeah, so the, the belly, be, I mean, and, and it makes sense because, you know, if you're hungry, like you feel it in your belly. So that becomes this this metaphor for all uh, physical uh, desire. And so that that's what the flesh is. The flesh is like just, just the desires that are uh, characteristic of y- y- your body. And so, and there's, there's nothing wrong with them, uh, by the way. Right. Um, so you you have you have the belly as the seat of desire. The, well, can we say there's nothing wrong with them in the proper context? Well, yeah. That that that's like the, the desires themselves. There there's it's kind of like are there any bad keys on a piano? Mm-hmm. Like, right. w- well, no. But there are plenty of bad ways of playing them, and there are plenty of good ways mm. of playing them. Like they have to be they have to be ordered. Like right. like you're a yeah your playing of the piano has has to be that's ordered. Good putting it. Yeah. yeah. Also, I got that from C.S. Lewis. It's in Mere Christianity. Great book. Yeah, yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, so, so we, so what, what the, what the mind, or, you know, that the head is the seat of the intellect. What it's all about is trying to figure out how to give the belly what it wants. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where you're trying to like piece together, like, okay, so I'm hungry, so what do I do about this? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, I could go to the refrigerator, or I could go to the store, or I could go to the apple tree out back, or I could just wait around and hope that somebody will f- bring me food later. Mm-hmm. You know that your your it's like yeah. So what what you have to have is you have to have uh some sort of mediator between this the the belly the desires and and the head the the intellect you have to have something in the middle that says okay all right belly i hear you okay mind i know you're trying to figure out how to give the belly what it wants but like what's best what's good like what should we do right and so um lewis calls that the chest and and he was saying that that what's like the problem with modern education looking back you know 1930s like kind of the first yeah almost half i guess of the well you know really the first third of the 20th century he he was making the case that education had changed in such a way that the chest was being intentionally underdeveloped by the way that children were being taught hmm. so instead of learning about learning to tell the difference between what's good and bad in all sorts of ways, you know, even just like writing, um, instead of learning what's, what's, what's good versus what's bad and why, and really being able to discern the difference and therefore developing the chest, like mm-hmm. developing like the moral consciousness. Yeah. It was, that was hollowed out. So all you have left is the desires and the mind figuring out how to, hmm. how to do that. And the natural, one of the ways that that's expressed is the, the common theme uh, in so many modern stories you know that you have to follow your heart the great thing about this country is that you can drink a gallon of soda well yeah because <laughs> like that really is that that's a perfect expression of this like follow your heart aka follow your belly mm-hmm. 
type of type of thinking. Right. And what Paul's talking about all through here, and, and you might say that all the scriptures are, are trying to get us to recognize is that, you know, there's all these things that we can do, but like what's what's good. Right. Like that's and so that that's the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we think about, you know, quote, asking Jesus into our hearts or, you know, Jesus says that if a man um uh if any man hears my voice um and open the door, you know, I will come in and make my dwelling with him mm-hmm. and all of that. Like like the idea is that by uh repenting and accepting uh, Christ is saved. I mean, submitting, submitting to Jesus. Like we're, it, it's recognizing that if I do that, it's recognizing that, that my understanding of what's right and wrong is insufficient. Mm-hmm. And, um, that I would like to have my consciousness to be, um, altered, like changed <clears throat> by the consciousness of Jesus Christ himself. Right. Well, and so, I mean, that's exactly what I was looking for because, you know, Again, like I said, I, I asked my daughter this question tonight, and I, I assumed the metaphor was clear, but but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and maybe this goes without saying, but like, so when we say the flesh in the Bible, we're not talking about actual um tissue. Well, okay, I, I mean, like, w- like, like w- we are, but it's more than that, right? Yeah. Um, and so I. I guess I will say this, like it's, so when, we, when we're talking about the flesh, like you said, we're talking about fleshly desires. We might say sinful desires, but I think you're right, right in saying they're desires that are either sinful or not based on how they're ordered, let's say, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I guess the point I'll make too here is I, I preached a couple of weeks back about uh, kids are leaving the church because we're not answer, answering the tough questions. I think yeah. this is a good example of something where, where, I'll use myself here, right? Like I'm assuming my my kid is understanding what we're reading when we read the Bible and they're not. And so I guess I would also go on to say is part of the way you, one of the ways you can answer tough questions for your kids is by asking them questions. You know, I mean, that's like, like Socratic method, right? Yeah. Like how about like, what does that word mean? Like exactly. Like how do I know what my kid doesn't know if I'm not asking them? Right. It's, it's almost like we need to talk about words. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> I mean, it's it's the most obvious thing in the world, but if, if we don't know what the words mean, we don't understand like how like the sentence, right? If we don't know the sentence, like like what in the world is is you know the Lord talking about? It, well, and um, man, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I mean, and and so some of this too, like I mean, I don't almost like to do a whole podcast on on this because we we've, we've mentioned it a couple times, and I I feel like we're touching on it now. This idea of loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. Yeah, and, and and so there is that aspect where, you know, maybe this goes outside of the the Lewis metaphor, but you know, I guess maybe I would argue our minds, the minds of our children, as it pertains to their knowledge of the word, are underdeveloped. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, but ultimately, like the point of that is is really to develop the middle, right? Because it's. Okay, so so when I say mind, like like think about just like figuring out, right? Um, I, I guess like <laughs> it's not it's not and, the, and, and it's how, not the how, morality. It's like the mechanics of getting. Yeah, food, yeah, right? yeah. So in <laughs> how the Grinch stole Christmas, it, it it's called uh like the Grinch, like it refers to his puzzler. Mm-hmm. You know, your puzzler, like 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 where you're just trying to figure out like yeah problems and 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 solutions. Um, 
But the thing about the scriptures is that they, you know, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It, you know, divides, it separates, Mm -hmm. it can cut through, you know, bone and sinew, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and actions of the heart Mm -hmm. or, you know, like the the belly. Like it it can give clarity about like whether or not a particular desire is beneficial or not. Right. Yeah. Okay, so moving on here, um, this is a almost like a self-evident question. I, I just was trying to, I said here, can we agree that fleshly desires do not promote peace, right? So when you read through mm-hmm. here, it says the mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. That, that word governed is really key. Okay. Because I think that that shows that it's it's not the problem that we have fleshly desires. The problem is when we are governed by them. Right. Like we shouldn't be governed by the belly and we shouldn't be governed by the mind. We should be governed by uh, the, the seat of, um, yeah, the seat of, the seat of uh, d- discernment, wisdom, like the, right. the, the, the spirit, like the, that's the spirit. Right. <laughs> here, yeah, right? exactly. Exactly what it says. Like we yeah. have to be governed by the, by the spirit. And, and so whether it's the, the, the belly or the head, like that, that's not, that's not what should govern. Well, and again, when you look at some of the wording here, hostile to God does not submit hmm. mindset on fleshly desires. Like it, it makes me think of like the stereotypical, you know, drug addict or alcoholic with DTs, you know, or like a grumpy teen who doesn't get their phone, you know? Oh man. Um, because again, it's like at the end of the day, that's, that's my point. And we're kind of coming around to this is this idea that. I think sometimes when we, and it's funny when I, when I was asking my daughter this, like, well, what is, what is a fleshly desire? And of course she's like, you mean like sex? It's like, well, yes, I do mean sex. And of course she's like, oh, geez, sex, we're talking about sex. It's like, dad. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, um, <clears throat> I think it's almost easy for us in the church to maybe limit it to those, those particular yeah. vices, yeah. but not like be serious about some of the other like desires of the flesh. How about staying in bed until the crack of noon? Right. Yeah. Like, that's fleshly desire. Right, and exactly, like, to your point, there's nothing wrong with sleep, right? Exactly. There's, there may be, there, there's even nothing wrong with sleeping in occasionally. You're right. Right? But if you are... Uh, Is that what governs you, though? Govern, thank you. If you are governed by this need for sleep, like, there, there's something going on there. Yes. You know? Okay. So let's switch over to Galatians because it's more of the same Galatians five thirteen through twenty four, which by the way Galatians great book I listened to it on the way to work this morning. Good job. Kind of like an Esther. It's only six yeah. short chapters, so you can get it in one commute, maybe two depending on how long your commute is. You got a pretty healthy commute. I did, but I didn't like. I was done before I got like before yeah. there, and I listened to something else too. So this is like you know somebody else reading it to you, obviously. <clears throat> So Galatians five thirteen through 24, I guess we'll just keep the flip-flop going okay. if you want to pick up there. Through 24. Correct. <clears throat> Can I read through 26? Certainly. Okay, thanks. Just making it an even 26. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the end of the chapter. Okay. You know. Yep. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in this one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I told you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are crucified, sorry, those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. All right. So... Again, we see one of the greatest commands right up front there, mm-hmm. this idea of doing doing this, although you have freedom, exercising your freedom with with others in mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it's funny. I was told, Do, don't talk about me on this podcast <laughs> by my daughter. But, uh, <laughs> you know, in, one of the things that we we're talking about, like you've heard me say this a couple times now, Nobody can make somebody else live up to their full potential. Right. They have to decide to do that. Like this is something mm-hmm. as a like, you know, I'm I'm sure I, I'm not surprising anybody out there, but I'm not like some sort of wise sage. This is this is me saying this like I'm realizing that like I can't make these kids, you know, because we have a tendency to be pretty hard on parents sometimes. And and don't get me wrong, there are parents who their kids turn out the way they do, uh, just due to neglect and and poor parenting for sure. But then I think with every with every family, you know, there is an element of you can do your very best and and, and they're still going to go their own way at some point, you know? Yeah. So the train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart far from it. Right. So, you know, like I think that, I think that parents who really are conscientious, who really are trying to raise their children, um, to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, like parents who are really, really trying to do that, to do what God wants. I think that parents like that need to be encouraged that the Lord is faithful. Like regardless of what the kids look like, you know, on Monday or Tuesday, you know, like the Lord is faithful in the long run. Absolutely. And and, and I guess my point is at the end of the day, when I say exercise your freedoms while keeping others in mind, right kids that includes your parents and so if you have if you have a vice and and because at the end of the day i start off by saying this like you know kids are dumb and selfish and that's what we're trying to do is develop the dumb and selfish out of them so that they can go and be productive adults right and so if you have a vice and as a parent i'm trying to tell you like this is not good for you this isn't healthy i wish you wouldn't do it um i would say that this this falls under that like if you are going to give glory to God and love your neighbor, in this case, me, your parent, 
then you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing this thing at, at least for that reason you know well and here, here's the reality like a kid who thinks that um that he or she can ignore his or her parents yep um and and that things are just going to sort of work out they've got another thing coming yeah because you like god god is forgiving he is full of grace but you know what what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase like by no means we died to sin how come we live in it any longer so like i don't know people who do do whatever they please and then just think that god will forgive them later it's like well it's true but like how much trouble do you really want to cause for yourself and other people yeah between point a and point b like like the lord says honor your father and mother yep like so well, that's what I'm saying. Like, honor, honor your father and mother, because if you're like, well, you know, that's not really that important. Mom and dad don't really understand. Like, they don't get it. Well, I mean, that that's going to lead to to more difficulty than than I can express. Well, and I, I guess my point is, I would say honoring your father and mother looks at least in some part like loving your neighbor. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And so I had another point. You said something really good, and I can't remember what it is. Hopefully, it'll it'll come back to me. Um, we can just like press pause, right? And, right. Like, re- rewind. No, we don't need to do that. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, it's, and I think it's interesting there. You know, that one section says they are in conflict with each other. So that so mine reads, "Oh yeah," so that you are not to do whatever you want. Yeah. And so again, if people are saying something like that, particularly Christians, where you know. The great thing about this country is I can say whatever I want and I can drink whatever I want. And it's like, yeah, but if, if you're a Christian, it kind of looks like maybe you shouldn't. Right. And also, like, if you this, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. So let's take an idea. I mean, seriously, like like any any idea out there about, you know, like a, a way that we can or should live like that one. Mm hmm. So let let's 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 play let's let let it play out. Yeah. You know, let that thing keep going. Where does it go? Right. And I know that might sound like a slippery slope argument, <clears throat> but I, I really I really don't think that it is. Slippery slope would be like Well it's kinda like if you it's kinda drink, like the rock bottom concept, right? Like sometimes Yeah. 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 I mean so so where does that idea go? Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you if you take well, honor your father and mother, like if you really like take that as far as far as you can, like mm-hmm. like you just kind of to its logical conclusion, it, that doesn't seem like that ends up in an unhealthy place. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really with, if you end up doing that with all of your attention, yeah. let's say, since attention, like we know, like physiologically, scientifically, psychologically, whatever, like attention is a, is a, is a finite thing. Mm-hmm. You only have so much. Right. So if you gave that all of your attention I, I, I don't know how that can really go wrong, but let's say you actually give all of your attention to, I can drink whatever I please because mm-hmm. this is America. Right. Like that, that could very easily end up in an unhealthy place. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I think the other thing with this is like, <clears throat> like it says here, you, you're not to do whatever you want. Um, I think there's a tendency nowadays to make Christianity inclusionary. I mean, that's probably an understatement, right? We have a tendency to try to make Christianity inclusionary, right? Like you can be a Christian and still do these things. Um, it, so it's, it's almost like, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, 
I don't think that's what Jesus was doing. He was saying, if you want to call yourself a Christian, you have to do these things. So, well, well, so, Je- well, Jesus, like his parables were, um, like he said specifically that he he told parables so that some people would follow and that some people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And so that's what I'm saying where it's like, you have freedom to do whatever you want. You just can't also call yourself a Christian in some cases. Yeah, Joshua said, choose this day whom, whom you will serve. Right. You know, you know, whether you follow the Lord or, you know, the gods of Egypt or whatever. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly there's right. th- there's a choice. There is freedom to choose the Lord or or idols. And and really, like, the flesh, that that, that is an idol. Yeah. I mean, because oh, certainly. like because if we're if we're to like properly understand the function of an idol, is that it's a like a physical representation of some sort of governing authority. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that, that that's what they that's what they all are. Like it's it's something around which you orient your life. Right. And and God has always said that He's the only appropriate thing, the only healthy thing, the only right mm-hmm. righteous. Mm-hmm thing by which we can orient ourselves yeah you know i mean like like you you can pick you know like the tail of the big dipper to be your north star yeah but you want but it won't work yeah like you'll end up missing the mark yeah um so looking at this list here because we have these these two long laundry lists we have one of of sin and then one of the fruit of the spirit and Mm -hmm. so again kind of fixating on the soda thing or even like video games let's say technology because again i think it uh as i as i mentioned in my conversation with my daughter when i said i talk about the flesh we automatically go to sexual morality which is one of them right um and impurity maybe not so much witchcraft anymore i don't know that's in there though but uh well <laughs> that's not for this podcast but we could talk about it yeah but i, I wanted to talk about this idea of debauchery because again certainly this mm. can be uh, sex and it can be alcohol and drugs. Yeah, but I I was looking up that word. Hey, uh, yeah, where do you have? Where's that word? Okay, so because ni- mine's different. Nineteen. The acts of the flesh are obvious: sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Okay, so debauchery is the last word of verse nineteen. Yes. Okay, I've got lewdness, but oh, anyway, back to what you were well, saying. Well, okay, so I was looking up definitions of debauchery. Cool. And one of the first ones that came up was uh, where did it go? Mm, oh excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures okay and so i i thought that was an interesting way of putting it and man i don't want this to seem like i'm trying to make this make my point for me okay but i guess my what i'm saying is is we all understand the sensual pleasures that are involved with sex or uh well sensual pleasures just means anything that feels good Right, because that, like sensual means having to do with or related to the, the senses. senses. That, right, exactly. That's my point. Of which there are five. Right? I mean, like a shower is a sensual pleasure. Right. Like, Correct. A, like a, a shower feels good. Yeah. Like, or if you know you you stand under like a you know a, a waterfall, that's a sensual pleasure. Like you smell flowers, that's a sensual pleasure. Mm-hmm. You eat a steak, that's a sensual pleasure. Right. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. And so we've kind of talked about this before in, in another context, which we'll get to here in a second. But so the things that we take into our body generally generally are a sensual pleasure. So yeah. that's both uh, in the form of like food, let's say, right? So mm-hmm. there's our sugary drink. But then we talked before about 
uh, our itching ears or mm-hmm. our our uh, our eyes being alight, right? Sure. And so, I mean, again, like that's that's another example of uh, like sinful things coming into our body uh, to to um, you know for a sensual pleasure. And so, um, man, like, <laughs> I don't want it to seem like, again, I'm, I'm just like picking on millennials and teenagers and all that stuff. But still, at the end of the day, if you can't put down the controller, if you can't put down the sugary drink, if you can't deny yourself the whatever, um, and, and then and we're talking about having the freedom to do so, like, ugh, like excuse me, I'll w- I wave my plank around here, but like... <laughs> That's sinful, yeah. If I'm reading this correctly, right? Mm-hmm. And again, like, yes, you may not be harming others in doing it, um, but we could all see where you certainly are harming yourself. And 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 with some of those things, you can make an argument for you're you're harming others potentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say so. <clears throat> well, I mean, how about this? The scriptures say that if there's something. If there's something good that you know you ought to do and you don't do it, mm-hmm. that's sin. Right. So sin of omission. Yeah, I mean, you could you could call it you could call it that. Um, so, yeah, being governed by, yeah. So when you're governed by sensual pleasures of you know whatever kind, how, whatever whatever form it happens to take, it's you end up like in the pursuit of that other stuff. You end up you know leaving leaving off ignoring mm-hmm. good things that you're supposed to do and and it's it's sin and so if it's good things that you're supposed to do that you're not doing it does have an effect on people because like instead of being a blessing to other people or being useful to other people or, or helpful or all of that it's just selfish yeah exactly you know well, and and so yeah so it yeah so it, it does it does affect other people and so it's <clears> like you know <laughs> man the wording I use with kids, I'm sure they get tired of it, you know, but it's usually something like this. If you spend an inordinate amount of time seated or supine looking at a blinking rectangle, like <laughs> that is not a productive use of your time, right? right. It is not. Right. Um, particularly if you can't push away from it. And man, like you may not be hurting anybody and it may be your right or your freedom as an American, right? But I mean, like Paul talks about, let us never tire of doing good or doing what is right. Yeah, if, let let no debt remain outstanding except the ongoing debt to love each other. So if you're doing those things in lieu of doing good, man, it's just it's not productive or constructive. Excuse me, was the terminology right? It's not. Is is this constructive? Right, and so like, is this beneficial? Like, e- even though, I so so the thing about kids is you know kids kids are also like us like like we humans tend to follow the the path of you might say that that all created um organisms like follow the path of of least resistance yeah except maybe salmon (laughs) (laughs) so aside from salmon things follow the path you know they jump up the waterfalls and everything and it's really cool yep um but but they're doing it for a sinful desire they're going to spawn But they're supposed to. God, be <laughs> fruitful right. and multiply, not, and, not and they will. Desire, you're right. They will jump up that waterfall to to obey the Lord. <laughs> so I mean, ah uh, yes, the be noble as faithful as a salmon. salmon. <laughs> um, and they got to feed the bears mm. because they can't read. 
they know their role in the food if chain. They, if they would read the sign that says don't feed the bears, like think about how many more of them would make it to the spawning grounds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we follow the path of least resistance. And like, so, you know, if we're, we're parents, we're Christian parents, or, you know, we're involved in kids' lives, it seems like we've got to be, number one, like trying to, to not do, not, not be that ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we have to kind of swim upstream and battle against being governed by sensual desires, fleshly desires, um, the laziness, et cetera, et cetera. But like, we've got to, we've got to try to, like you said, train that out of our kids. Like that's a big part of our job and kids, man, they, they won't like it and they won't appreciate it. They mm-hmm. won't understand it. And, and I think we can't expect them to. Right. I, I think that we can't expect them to always and everywhere understand why, why we're doing that. If it's something that they don't immediately sensually enjoy. Yeah. And, and we have to have like the, the courage to be like Paul and say, follow me as I follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it won't. So, I mean, anybody listening to this who has teenagers who are not very responsive, okay, like, are, are, are we going to keep on going like that? Or in the remaining years that you have them in your home, are are you going to, are, are you going to try to lead by example and also like through, like you were talking about direct influence like they need direct influence and indirect influence yep and just continuing to let them go in a lazy path yeah or in a just doing whatever their belly desires path like how is that going to yeah produce anything good for you for your kids for the lord for the church for 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 anybody yeah well and i think a lot of what this comes down to is that final fruit of the spirit self-control Right. right. And it's it's hard. It's hard. But like, do, do we really expect that like following the Lord in a sinful world is just going to be, you know, always and everywhere easy? Well, but I mean, this is a conversation I've had with my kids recently where it's like, look, at the end of the day, again, like I've said, only you can live up to your full potential. And like, it, it, you know, when we've said things to them before, it's like, are we not modeling the right behaviors for you? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? You know, but at, at the end of the day, uh, and, and again, very recently, I've had this conversation where it's like, you stop blaming us. Stop blaming your mom. It's called self-control, right? So we can yeah. put everything in place for you to, to succeed. But, you know, like I can't literally put the food in your mouth or take the remote control. Well, I guess I could take the remote control. Out yeah, of maybe hand. that maybe that's good. That, right. Yeah, I can. I can do that. And, and there's certainly that direct leadership that goes on where it's like devices are locked up and, and such so on and so forth. But but at the end of the day, what, like what we really want is to not have to do that. Yeah. You know, and uh I mean, man, if, if people have some ideas on, on how to do that, like maybe this is this whole episode is me with all the feeling, my feelings as a parent, but you know, uh, man, it, it, if we have, if we have a way to, to develop better way to develop that, I'm, I'm all ears because, um, well, again, I, I, I think, um, if you don't have children, there are just certain things you're missing out on because you can really understand maybe the frustrations God has, you know? Yeah. There's a guy I, I read sometimes. He says, be a rebel, start a family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like that, that, that is a, uh, a very common thought these yeah. days is that 
No, well, I just wouldn't want to bring children into this world and increase my carbon footprint. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if we look have at kids. this idea of debauchery is excessive indulgence and sensual pleasures. I have a little graph in mind of the fruits of the spirit. It says self-control, victory over sinful desires. Or maybe we can say victory over sensual pleasures. Yeah. You know? Um, victory over being governed by sensual pleasures. Right. But but I think that's like that's such great language, victory, and mm. and and another another example of strong language that we saw here, crucified the flesh, you know, mm. yeah, almost like dying to ourselves, like this this kind of similar concept, perhaps. Yeah, you know, what, so we we haven't had teenagers yet. I mean, like I've been around teenagers a lot, being a teacher and you know directing Bible camp. <clears throat> for, for a number of years. Yeah, I've been around plenty of teen, or, you know, just in church mm-hmm. um, and all of that. But, you know, we, we've had, we've had young children in our, in our home. And so, and because it, it's been like, like fostering type situations, you know, the, we have some constraints when it, co- when it comes to, you know, the discipline. And yeah, like yeah. 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 Discipline. And, <clears throat> which is which is totally totally fine um but with with a previous situation that we had not 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 the current one as as much um i would find myself saying we don't need that mm-hmm. uh, about things that are that are very common for for kids especially things that are screen related yeah like i would say well you know we don't need it like i you know not harsh, not, I mean, sometimes I kind of want to go on a tirade against uh, like screen addiction, particularly like like I've seen, seen very up close and personal many, many times, like just what it, what it, what it does. And I mean, but anyways, but, but that's like, I don't have to do that with a four-year-old or a five-year-old just like, no, like we're, we're not, we don't, we don't need that. We're going to do something else. Like, let's go over here and do this. Like, we're going to go on a hike. We're going to go down to the river. Let's mm-hmm. go play with the dogs. Uh, let's read a story. Let's sing some songs. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, trying to like not simply take away the things that are unhealthy, but give the things that are healthy. And one of the ways that like I've come to try to express that really simply is that like in the time that we have with the children that we're blessed with, we want to give them as much of things that God made as mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. Like it's not that everything that man has made is like wrong and bad and sinful. Like that that's not that's not the case at all. But like the things that God has made are are so much better and so much like more innately mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah. So it's like less screen more grass yeah um less high fructose corn syrup more milk and water mm-hmm. you know so, stuff like stuff like that and and i don't know that just makes a lot of sense to me like more of what god made less of what man has made mm-hmm. yeah and um you know i know that that's not like maybe a, a perfect thing always and everywhere but i i, I think that that might bring some really simple clarity to the mm-hmm. things that you know, are beneficial instead of simply permissible. Yeah. Okay, so kind of wrapping up, I want to turn to 1 John 2. Okay. 
and we're looking at verses 15 and 17. And I'll read. All right. Yeah. So it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Hmm. Forever. Man, First John is so good. Yeah. I know you can say that about everything, but First yeah. John is really good. Well, so this this should this should make you happy because uh, I'm actually going to so this idea of lust of flesh and lust of the eyes it mm-hmm. actually references Genesis Genesis <gasps> three six what which says when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Hmm. And so I, I thought that was interesting, particularly this idea, again, of the lust of the flesh, but also the lust of the eyes. You know, because like you'll hear, uh, um, you ever, have you heard Jordan Peterson talk about, how, you know, us having color vision and why that is, like being able to identify fruit and things like that? Huh. Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in his talk on Genesis. Yeah. And so, I mean, again, that this is an evolutionary argument, but... But uh, I would say interesting nonetheless, because again, the idea of I think that's a that's an interesting way of thinking about what we were yeah. saying before, where uh, our desire for things, whether it's the lust of the eyes, I guess we'll say. Well, I mean, I don't want to use the word lust. Our desire of the eyes, right? Like there, it it has its place. Um, yeah, and it doesn't have to be. He's taking it in an, in an evolutionary sense for understandable reasons, but mm-hmm. you don't have to. You yeah. could just say it's design. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess what, what am I saying here? Like, we see how that 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 it's innate, and like you said before, like these are things that, given the co- proper context, are are perfectly fine. But they can also be, uh, th- they can also be a problem if it becomes, you know, what you're governed by. And and we see, we see. I mean, I think that's probably a pretty good example of somebody being succumbing to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes in the garden, which ultimately led to the fall and and you know the predicament predicament we human mankind found themselves in. There, yeah. Most things in the wrong dose are, poten- are are potentially deadly. Correct. So here's what I want to ask then, because you before you you had mentioned um, Romans twelve one and two, mm-hmm. and this is where I kind of saw some correlation. So okay. do you, do you see any of that reading this passage here? Uh, in in First John yeah, yeah. Or, or back in Genesis, uh, you know, let me look at it again real quick. Do not love the world. Oh yeah, yeah. So you could, if you just read uh, verse fifteen, you could take that out of context and say that, well, you know, that means that we shouldn't have shoes. Mm. We should hate shoes. <laughs> you know, because also coffee cups. Yeah. Also microphones. Yeah. Pants haircuts mm-hmm. i mean because those are things in the world we should hate people because they are in the world right you know it's just w- one of the reasons that context is is uh so vital but he he defines his, his terms mm-hmm. he, he says what when he says the world what he's talking about and i would say you know whether you say the world or the pattern of the world like that's that's what we're that's what we're talking about here Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Yeah, so in other words, that's 
that's typical um, typical ways of thinking and behaving when you just sort of look at a cross section of the human population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you you said it better than I would. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, thanks. I was just saying, like, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, like that, all comes from the world. And so, it's almost as if if we are to love those things, that would be uh, maybe in the spirit of conformity. Sure. Right. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, so then, what do you? What would you say is the significance of verse seventeen here? Especially the thing about passing away. I don't know. Do you have something deeper than what I'm thinking? Well, what are you thinking? The world, might, the world and its desire, like you know, the world and its desires are finite. Yeah. Yeah. In what sense are humans finite? Um, oh, like I agree with you, but like. I think that people think these things, but they don't think them like all the way through. Kind of right. like w- what I was saying earlier. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Humans are finite. In what sense are we finite? Well, I guess that's this the, the dichotomy of flesh and spirit. Then, right? So maybe we okay. say flesh is finite, but the spirit potentially is not. If you are in, uh, you know, communion with the Lord, we die. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I, I think that so. I think I mentioned this last week. I recently read the uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, and that's really like the whole the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Like Gilgamesh is just living his like he's living he's living his best life now, mm-hmm. like full on like Braveheart, prima nocta, mm-hmm. you know, um, with all the new brides, and just ca- kind of causing a a ruckus for for all of his people. It's kind of miserable because he's just doing whatever he pleases, and he's the strongest, and you know, might makes right. And then his uh, his best friend slash brother slash servant, depending on the the translation of the version you're looking at, mm-hmm. dies. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh shoot, I'm gonna die." Yeah. What? Um. Okay. We, we need to do something about this, and he can't. He mm-hmm. can't do anything about it. Yeah. So, I I just realized that this is another one of those places where you know it's talking about death, and and I think that that we've got to. We've got to come to terms with that. The world is passing away. So again, <clears throat> the world as it's defined by John. So the patterns of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Well, in what sense is that dying? Well, the people who have that, like all of us, like are are dying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it will pass away. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So like if we make the choice to not be governed by the pattern the patterns of the world mm-hmm. lust of the flesh lust of the eyes pride of life if we choose to not be governed by that then we will inherit eternal life well and perhaps to further articulate point articulate your point going back to Romans says the mind governed by the flesh is death yes exactly i mean it it, it it's death but like, the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace Right, because if you die before Jesus comes back, he's going to wake you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that we I think that we don't talk about that enough. When I say we, you know, I just sort of mean like the church in general. I think that that's not a frequent enough conversation with our kids. Yeah. Because like that's it's kind of like I've said in communion a couple of times lately, like we've got to think about the joy set before Christ mm-hmm. because that that's what enabled him to endure the uh 
the, the, the everything that entailed the cross, like the pain, the shame, the forsakenness, yeah. all of it. It's the, the joy set before him. So if we're not properly and, and accurately articulating and living out the, 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 what the scriptures say is the joy set before Christ. Well, how, how in the world do we expect mm-hmm. for, for kids to take up their cross and follow him? Yeah. I mean, they, they don't know where they're going. And I think that just saying die and go to heaven isn't, doesn't cut it. Right. Because it, nowhere does it say that the joy set before Jesus was dying and going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Not that like, I, I, I disagree with that exactly. Right. But I'm just saying like, it's that, that's, that's not, that's not it. Mm-hmm. Like we've got to be more clear and more specific about the joy. I mean, like one of the longest chapters in the New Testament, First Corinthians fifteen. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I mean, over and over and over again, we have so much articulated about that. It's all through the prophets. It's all through the the teachings of Christ and the and and the epistles, and and we just don't get we're not we're not clear enough about the promises of the righteous. Yeah. And and the, and what the what the punishment of the wicked is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that's the extent of my notes. I guess final thoughts. Um, shall I go first? You have some sure. Final thoughts? Yeah, go yeah. first. So I guess at the end of the day, um, let's say tread lightly when celebrating your freedoms. Hmm. Um, you may have certain freedoms, particularly as an American, that don't necessarily align with what the, what the Bible says. And at the end of the day, we should be doing all things to glorify God and to uh, with and to, to and keeping others in mind. For kids, those others include your parents, and I mean certainly parents. That includes your children, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And and ultimately, like understanding what the desires of flesh are. You know, maybe maybe the challenge is developing and exercising developing self-control in our young people and then exercising it ourselves um uh, because at the end of the day although you have those freedoms they may not be constructive they may not be beneficial and uh to to succumb to those those things i would say is conforming conforming conformative would conforming conforming conformative i mean that might be a word yeah maybe you've made it i've made up a couple words on this podcast it's okay <laughs> and and i would say so if we're thinking about the topic freedom and the flesh if you're governed by the flesh the end thereof is death mm. you know there's a way that seems right to a man but the end thereof is death like it says in proverbs like it's death like so you want to you want to you want to be you want to have eternal death okay be governed by the flesh mm-hmm. but i like i really don't think that people want that like we should want to be but i mean like that's that's what we have in store for us as, as humans like it we're mortal it's death mm-hmm. so okay so what what's the other alternative well it's, it's it's freedom from death which is to say like living yeah forever yeah yeah so so that's i mean that is the choice and that's always been the choice like genesis through july 7th 2021 and as many days months and years as as it is until you know jesus comes back yeah all right prayer time yeah i think customarily it's uh my turn don't act like you don't know no i'm I'm saying i do know okay 
That's why I said customarily. Proceed. You may begin. (laughs) (laughs) Father, we love you and we love Jesus and we're thankful for the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Lord, I pray that 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 you would you would just do with us in us among us uh, as you as you see fit that your spirit would guide guard and direct us <clears throat> that by your spirit you would help us to say no to ungodliness and to inordinate fleshly desires and to say yes to all of the things that you love i pray that you would help us and even even cause us to be uh, Christ-like examples um, in our jobs, our, our churches, um, communities, our, our families, and uh, to help us to do so all the more as the return of Christ uh, approaches. And I pray that that, w- that would be soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.